Hey guys, Jared here. Before we jump into today's episode, I um, just want to give you an opportunity to give to the Dad Tired Ministry. We do this at the end of every year. I try not to bombard you with requests to give. I know there's a lot of great organizations that are kind of fighting for your attention to give and to donate to them, but we are a nonprofit and uh, at the end of every year, we try to raise our funds for the following year. And uh, so it's not a lot and we don't ask a lot from you, but if you have been helped by the Dad Tired Ministry, if it has helped equip you to lead your family better, if you've been encouraged by it or anything that we've done here, we just want to give you an opportunity to give to the ministry. What your giving does is help us do, we do our conferences around the country uh, when COVID allows us to and all the COVID restrictions. Uh, But we still have been able to do a lot of those even in smaller groups throughout the country this year. So that's been awesome. Uh, It allows you to help put those on. We do our family leadership program and allows you to scholarship some guys who can't afford it into that program. It allows us to do this podcast, put out free resources like our version devotionals. We have a devotional already out. It's totally free on version Bible app, and then we just put another one out for Advent. So it allows us to do all kinds of things like that. So what we're trying to do this year is raise $20,000. Again, that supports us for really the whole year, 2021. Um, so if this is something that you want to contribute to, whether you give a dollar or $100 or $1,000, all of it is tax deductible and helps us a ton. So I know a lot of you guys are looking for organizations that you believe in, that you can donate to and help Uh, further the mission of what we're trying to do to help dads lead their family well, but also it helps you in getting your tax break for the end of the year. So I totally get that as a, as a business owner as well. So if you want to help out and uh, to give to that, you can go to dadtire.com forward slash give and help us fund 2021. Again, we're trying to re uh, raise $20,000 for 2021. I love you guys. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you five years now, which is just blows my mind that we've been doing this for five years, reaching millions of dads and equipping them to lead their family well with really practical street level gospel centered stuff. So thanks for considering. Again, you can go to dadtire.com forward slash give to be part of that. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. So good to be back here with you guys. Uh, Hey, if you haven't signed up for our family leadership program, we are about to start our December cohort. So make sure that you go to dadtired.com, click the family leadership program, put your name on the wait list. We will let you know as soon as those, those spots open up and then you can jump into the December cohort. As always, every month we let 30 guys in and uh, without fail, these guys have been talking about how it's been a game changer for them to have accountability and really practical steps for them to lead their family well. So we give you daily challenges, uh, homework to do, very practical ways that you can tangibly start to lead your family like starting on day one. So if you want to jump into that program, go to dadtire.com forward slash lead and put your name on the list so that you can jump into the November cohort. I'm excited for today's interview. It's a really powerful story, but then ends with some really practical ways that you can lead your family well. Before we get into that, though, if you are looking to uh, just do something this Christmas season, want to teach your kids generosity to lead your family in that area, but also want to just be part of something bigger, 
I highly recommend that you check out our friends over at Samaritan's Purse. They have what's called Operation Christmas Child. It is the largest Christmas project of its kind. Absolutely crazy. This year, they are hoping to reach 11 million children around the world. If you're not familiar, what you do is you pack a shoebox. You can do this with your family, with your homeschool co-op group. You can do this at your church or small group. Uh, we like to do this as a family and in our homeschool co-op. But what you do is you put together a shoebox full of items. They give you recommended items that you can put in there so you don't feel like you have to get stuck on this. But you, what we do is we kind of cook a dinner together, uh, sit at the, the kitchen table, eat, talk about what God's doing around the world. This is a way for our kids just to get a bigger idea that God's not just the God of our family, but he's the God of the whole world and he's working throughout the whole world. And then we just spend the evening packing these shoeboxes, praying over them, praying that God would use them for his his glory to spread the gospel throughout the world. And then these shoeboxes get delivered to these children around the world. And what I love about it is they don't just get really practical stuff, but they also get a glimpse of the gospel for them and their family. There's really powerful stories on this. If you if you haven't heard some of the stories, uh, we actually interviewed a guy who received one of these shoeboxes as a kid. His name's Vlad. So you can go back a couple weeks and listen to this. We talk about uh, blessing or your burden is your blessing. That's the name of the episode. But you can go back and listen to that and hear very practically how these shoeboxes are changing lives. So anyway, it's an awesome experience for you and your kids and your family, but also the way that it's reaching kids and families around the world. is It's, it's absolutely incredible. So what you need to do uh, this week is start putting these shoeboxes together because it is National Collection Week from November 16th to 23rd. So this is your last opportunity to do this. If you go to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC, um, again, that's SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC, they'll tell you how you can pack a box and then where you can drop it off so that they can collect all these and start dispersing them around the world. Again, they're hoping to reach 11 million kids. Samaritansburst.org forward slash OCC. Pack a box with your family or with a small group and uh, be part of changing lives around the world. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Blake, super excited that you're hanging out with us today, man. For the audience who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Hey, Jared, I am fired up to be here. I've been looking forward to doing this interview all week, and I'm a huge fan of yours and what you're about, oh, and and the movie and the book Dad Tired. Thanks, man. Uh, that's that's a great book. Thanks for getting all those thoughts down uh, and onto paper and into a book for the rest of us to read. Um, but I'm over here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've got a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a four-week-old. Oh, dang, dude. Yeah, man. Tired, and it man. is. <laughs> I am dad tired. We, we all just got back from taking our COVID test, oh, yeah. which, which is, uh, even worse. So I was like, Oh wait, now like grandma can't come help us now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> cause we all potentially might have COVID, but uh, man, we're, we're having a blast. I love being a dad. We're doing all the, you know, I'm wrestling with them. My son, my son's name is Bo. And, uh, we watch videos of, uh, Bo Jackson. Cause he, <laughs> Oh yeah, he, dude, I'm a Raider it, fan. So yeah, that, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well he, he loves baseball and he loves football. So we play this little game, uh, fumble Ruski basically. <laughs> and we just tackle each other and he pretends to be Bo Jackson. Oh, that's awesome. Man. He, he, he he came out of the womb at 11 pounds, three ounces. No so, way. Yeah, dude. What? He's already projecting like six, five. Like he's, he's, he's a beast, man. <laughs> how big are, how tall are you? How, I mean, you're not a big, like on screen here. You're not a huge guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like six, two. 
Um, but my dad was a really big guy and my dad was drafted in the NFL. No way. Uh, yeah. By the Falcons. And my dad was Terry Bradshaw's tight end at Louisiana tech. No way. Uh, so, uh, my, I'm thinking that, uh, Bo has a shot and then his son, Brooke, I mean, his brother Brooks at the four week old, we took him 10 days early. Cause my wife was like, there's no way I can have another 11 pounder. And he was almost 10 pounds. Dude, so. What? That's insane. <laughs> my, my, my wife, uh, she was mad at me. She said it was in my jeans and she legitimately <laughs> was mad at me. She's like, why can't I just have a seven pound baby like everybody else? That is incredible. We had a, uh, my last baby girl was nine pounds and I, I thought that was like just massive. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I can, ima- I mean, yeah. Cause when the nine pound baby comes out, you're still like, wow, that's big. But 11 pounds. That's insane, yeah. dude. 10 and 11 pound babies. Holy cow, man. Your wife is, uh, <laughs> can make all well, kinds and, of, yeah. and and the 11 pounder was 24 inches which oh is just literally off the charts like it's not even 100 percentile it's like 100 whatever percentile i mean it's dude yeah you gotta start uh i don't know what you gotta start like getting college recruiters you know you gotta start taking video right now get some all st- right <laughs> i'm just showing him video of bo jackson <laughs> right. to kind of plant the seed yeah, and get it going seeds, man and uh Dang. so now yeah, when he he he's actually doing the perfect combination right now because when he hits the the ball like off the tee, he runs and like tackles me when I get the ball, <laughs> and like he literally is combining football and baseball. That's hilarious, dude. He's gonna be the kid that when you sign him up for sports, all the parents are gonna be mad. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure he's really in second grade. You know, <laughs> like, right, let's see yeah. the birth certificate. He'll he'll be playing with the sixth graders in second oh, grade. <laughs> dude, that's nuts, man. Well, uh, so you, you mentioned your dad, uh, tell you, I know you have kind of a, 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 impactful story when it comes to your father. Walk us through that, man. Yeah. So, uh, I had a great dad, uh, growing up, um, man, I had memories of my dad coming to my bed at night and my, mine and my sisters and just praying with us, mm. uh, at night. No, I found out later that it was my mom that told him that would be a good idea. <laughs> uh, just like every good thing that a dad does, a lot of times yeah. it's a, it's a good mom or a good woman behind him. Yeah. Uh, so my dad, uh, you know, took us to church every Sunday, all that good stuff. And then at 19 years old, uh, I I experienced uh, the worst day of my life, and I hope that nobody else has to experience what I experienced uh, on this day. But it was definitely life changing for me. Uh, my family and I. Uh, went on a trip to Hawaii and I just finished my freshman year of college. And as you can imagine, we were pretty like fired up to go mm, to, yeah. to go to Hawaii. It was like our pinnacle vacation. And the first morning there, I remember um, we were looking at all the brochures of what to go do. And my dad uh, actually made us laugh because he pointed at the brochure of the mopeds. <laughs> and, and it was like, could you imagine me riding a moped? And I already told you my dad was you know, yeah. big. He was a tight end in college. So we just all laughed at that. And my dad wasn't really the funny guy. So it was just funny that he, he yeah. mocked himself this way. Hmm. And we saw a brochure to go to Hanama Bay, which if you've ever been there, you know, it's absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and we love to go swimming and snorkeling. And so the first, so as soon as we got there to the beach, uh, we jumped in the water and we just started swimming and snorkeling. Mm -hmm. And 
Jared, it was, it was just, it was pretty cool because I'd been away at college and I came home and now here I am in the water with my dad, just looking at all this cool stuff. And it was just, you know, it was just something about being with your dad. And mm. I just remember thinking that, and we just kept going further and further out. And as we got further out, we kind of, we got in this area called uh, Witch's Brew. And Witch's Brew is known for its treacherous waters. And so sure enough, the water was really treacherous that day. And the uh, I, I put my head out of the water and I remember thinking, where is my dad? Mm-hmm. And I look up and I see my dad trying to get out of this rock, um, out of the water. And the waves were just crashing against this rock. And I remember thinking, this is not good. And sure enough, this wave crashes against my dad, knocks him back down in the water. And I thought, gosh, I got to get over there to my dad to see if he's okay. And as I was swimming towards my dad, um, I remember him yelling for help. And my dad had this really deep booming voice, but this yell for help was like a like a whimper. Mm. And as I got closer to my dad, um, and got up on him. My dad actually at that point was already underneath the water, uh, unconscious and man, my mind was racing like, Oh my gosh, like this is real. This is serious. I've got to get my dad to shore as fast as I can. And so I put my arms around him and I, uh, started to swim with my dad. Uh, and we had to get around to that other side of the rock to where there was a beach area. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going to make it um, because I'm just exhausted. And by the grace of God, another snorkeler showed up. He had um, seen us struggling and he started swimming with my dad, which allowed me to go to shore and ultimately, I think, saved my life. And at that point, the lifeguards went out. They grabbed my dad, put him on the surfboard. They brought him to shore. And I just remember them doing CPR to my dad. Mm-hmm. And I was next to him and I got on a knee and I just remember asking God and really begging God, crying out to God, God, please save my dad's life right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, in the movies when they're doing CPR to someone and the water just kind of like comes out of their mouth and they start choking and they start breathing again and their eyes open. I just knew that that surely was about to happen. My mom and sister were, on the beach and they saw all the commotion down there. And so they said, that's where dad and Blake were. And they ran down and to see what was going on. And I will never forget my mom running up and, you know, she can see my dad on the ground. They're doing CPR. And I just look at my mom and I said, mom, I don't, it's not good. I don't think he's going to make it. Jeez, man. They, I loaded my dad up in this, in the ambulance and took him to the hospital where 10 or 15 minutes later, we get a phone call saying that they had pronounced my dad dead. And it was just so surreal because moments earlier, like I was literally having one of the best days of my life. And now my dad is, is dead. My Mm. life is going to literally change forever. We go to the hospital. I see my dad just laying there in the hospital. He still, of course, has a swimsuit on and no shirt on. And he just, looks asleep like surely he's about to wake up right so we go back to uh, the house that we had rented and i was in the back bedroom of this house and um, i'd already had to start making phone calls back um, back home uh, to my 
our family to my dad's work. Um, I was the oldest son. So, um, of course, I mean, my mom wasn't in any condition to make these phone calls. So I was making those phone calls and having to repeat the story over and over. And I just remember going to the back bedroom and just getting on the bed and just really crying out to God. Um, you know, why did this have to happen? I started to ask myself questions like, um, is, is God really a loving God? Is there, is there really a God? Like, how do I even know that? Um, and it was at that moment that my mom walked into the room and she said, Hey, I, I just got this out of your dad's suitcase. Uh, it's for you. And he's been working on this for the last couple of months. And she handed me, uh, a letter mm. and it was a letter that my dad had been working on. He had no idea when he was writing it, uh, that he, that this was going to be his last words mm. to me. And so I'm reading this letter and this letter to me and it was addressed to me and my sister and brother. And it was basically a letter of encouragement, mm. uh, a letter encouraging me to persevere in life that I was going to face trials um, that everything was going to be okay. It was a letter, letter of having the right perspective on life to have an eternal perspective. In this letter, he encouraged me to know God's word for myself. Don't just rely on the preacher to, to teach it to you. Like you need to know it for yourself. And then, uh, the last line of this letter, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget any part of this letter, but, um, the last line said, uh, here on earth, um, you might be in the minority for your faith, but in heaven, I can assure you, you'll be in the majority. Wow. Love your dear old dad in Christ Jesus. And so Jared, that letter just gave me an unbelievable peace that mm. day. Um, that even though I, I miss my dad a ton and for the next year of my life, man, I was just in mourning missing uh-huh. my dad. But, uh-huh. but I knew from that day forward that man, my dad's in heaven right now. Mm. And if even given the option to come back to earth, like if God gave him that option, he'd say, heck no, I think Mm. I'll just stay right up here Mm. and I'll just wait on them. And it really allowed me to have just an attitude where I was just grateful for um, having a great dad for 19 years of my life when so many people don't have a good dad or don't even know their dad. Well, I Mm. had a good dad for 19 years of my life and God never promised that my dad was going to live to be 70, 80, 90 years old, but, and he lived till he was 54 and I can be grateful for that. And so Jared, I can't tell you how grateful I am for, for that letter that my dad wrote me. Man, I'm getting choked up even as I listen back to Blake's story. It's so powerful and a reminder about how short life is. Uh, We're going to get into some really practical stuff on the back half of this interview, so stick around for that. But before we do, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. It's really hard to sit down and find the time to learn more, especially for us as busy dads. But uh, that's why I highly recommend Blinkist. It's one of the most used apps on my phone. It's for anyone who cares about learning but just doesn't have a lot of time like us busy dads. What they do is they take the key ideas, the insights from over 4,000 nonfiction bestsellers in more than 27 categories and gather them into 15-minute text and audio explainers that can help you understand more about the core ideas of these books. I like to listen or read a lot of Blinkist books while I'm on airplanes, which I've been on a lot of airplanes lately as I've been traveling around uh, doing different dad-tired things. Uh, And I'm able to, even in a short amount of time, bust through a lot of books that I wouldn't normally have the time to get to. 
Uh, two of my favorite books that are on Blinkist right now is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. All tired dads can relate to ha- not having enough sleep and wanting to learn more about how to get better sleep. And so I recommend that book. And also past dad tired guest, um, John Mark Comer has a book on there called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which was one of my favorite books of 2020. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K. K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash tired. When you were talking about you like went back to the bed and you were just having this kind of like faith crisis, was that like a, once you found the letter, did that help with that? Or was that over the next year of mourning and years of mourning? Was that like something you were really wrestling with, just your own personal relationship with God? To be honest, as soon as I read that letter, um, my dad, you know, I already had a faith, but I think it was just natural for any, when, when something like that happens, you're going to ask those questions. You know, obviously God's not scared of those questions. Like he, he can handle them, but I think it was, you know, natural for me to ask him. But the second I read that letter, I was just like, man, I know that God is real and, if I, you know, since I know that God is real, I want to live for him and what his purposes Mm. are. And so honestly, for the next year, as even as I was in pain, you know, most people or a lot of people end up, you know, trying to escape that pain through drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, binging on Netflix. And that next year I grew in my relationship with God, like I'd never before and developed more as a person and I don't, I don't think I could have done it without that letter mm. and, and just my dad's words in my life. And what's amazing about it, because it was a letter, I can go back and read that. You know, it's 18 years later. Yeah. My dad's voice is through the letter is still guiding me to this day. And every time I enter a new phase of life, whether it was graduating from college, then getting married, now having children, like the letter takes on new meaning. Mm. And so even though I miss my dad, Every time I get, go to a new phase, I'm like, oh man, I wish my dad could know my wife. I mm. wish he could be my wedding. I wish, you know, my kids, I show them my show pictures to my kids and I call him granddad. And we talk about how dad's in heaven, granddad's in heaven, but, uh, man, I still have that letter. Um, had he written you letters before, or was that the first time you'd ever seen a letter from him? First time you'd ever written a letter. That's uh, insane. Not to say he had never written anything down to us before. Like I maybe had some, not to my memory. Like right, I, right. he had never written a letter. So that was, I have no idea um, what inspired him to write a letter um, mm. when he did. Um, I think I just have to chalk it up to God allowed him to do it. It was the yeah. grace of God. And I don't know um, what he sacrificed or gave up or what TV show he gave up to work on that letter for the previous couple, you know, couple months. But man, there's not, I I'm so grateful he did. I'm sure, man. It, yeah, it's life changing. Did he, was he the kind of dad or guy that like would talk that way to you or was he pretty reserved and even his words in general? I would describe my dad as reserved yeah. uh, in general. He wasn't, uh, uh, I wish he would have communicated more. And I think one of the things that I've always said is I wish my, I could have known my dad as an adult so that we could have had more like adult conversations. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it was, is 
I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but I think mm-hmm. my dad was like probably an Enneagram five, mm-hmm. uh, more reserved, kind of in, like he loved to read and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I definitely think having this letter, that, that's one reason why it makes this even more special. Yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. My wife is a five, and the first time that she ever told me she loved me was through a letter. <laughs> she couldn't, oh, yeah, wow. she couldn't really, uh, it was hard for her to like say it out loud, use her words and express the emotions that way. So yeah, I totally get that, man. Dude, that's insane, dude. So how did uh how has that impacted you now as a dad? Like now that now that you've stepped into this role as a father, how does all of this shape your your role in that? Well, <clears throat> obviously the second we become a dad, we start to see the world through a different lens. Yeah. And I see the world through how my dad saw it. And um you know, I want to be the best father that I can be, um, to my children. Um, I want to communicate to my children, um, the things that they need to hear and all of the research and the data shows that when a father is present in a child's life, when a father communicates to their children that they love them, that they believe in them, that they're proud of them, um, that a, a person's emotional intelligence goes up, they're more successful in life. And so, uh, you know, it's a shame that we live in this culture where uh, fathers are kind of downplayed and we're kind of led to believe that, um, you know, we don't have that important of a role, uh, but it's the exact opposite. Like our voices are so powerful. And I would say, and, and you know, the research shows this, that even more so, I shouldn't say more so than the mom, but you know, our moms, I think it's because maybe we were physically attached to them at one point. There's just this feeling that, Oh, our mom is supposed to love us. Mm. Like she's like, like our mom's going to love us no matter what we do. But then uh, when our father loves us, it's like he chose to love us. And so we at a subconscious level, we feel that. So when our dad spends time, spends time with us, when he says that he loves us when he says that he's proud of us. Um, man, it's just so meaningful and it just boosts your confidence so much. It's a, it literally changes the world. Uh, I know that's like the most cliche (laughs) statement, but you, you're right when it's the data backs that up. Like when a dad, and I love the way you said that, because I think you're right that the subconscious feeling of like, my dad is choosing to, to, to be engaged even from a young age, man, I think we sense that we feel it and it's shaping who we are as uh, both men and women. But I, I think, you know, we can speak as sons that, that that has a tremendous impact. But the data just shows when a dad does that, man, like households change, communities change, schools change, crime rate changes, educate, like every emotional intelligence changes, like everything changes. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. I and mean, even from a completely secular perspective, if you, if you just took God out of it completely, and you just said, like, what happens when a dad shows up and stays involved and speaks this identity stuff over his kids? Um, everything changes. Um, yeah, dude, this is this is so my, my heart is just so heavy as I, I I'm thinking about that day. And I'm, you, you, as you tell the story, I'm just picturing I was telling my wife the other day we were brushing our teeth and getting ready for bed and uh, talking about my wife's an oncology nurse. So she talks about, you know, she sees people mm. go through death daily. And so this is a, the guys who listen to the podcast know this about me. Like I I have like a weird fascination with death because I just, I I truly believe, I even wrote about this in the book. Like I just truly believe uh, that all of us aren't thinking about it as much as we should be. 
And uh, this is a reality that all of us are going to be facing very, very soon. And whether, I love the way you said that, like, you, you know, you got 19 years with your dad, your dad had 54 years, like what a, as, as short as that is, it's still a gift that you still got those 19 years with them. And uh, I just don't think, man, enough of us are thinking about death uh, as much as we should be, because if we were, it would change the way that we love our kids and our wives. And um, it's, it's just such a motivator for like, dude, if you live like, if I die tomorrow or I die when I'm 80, regardless of either of those options, they're both really short. And life is like super, super short. Um, anyway, yeah. that's, that's my, I'm standing, sitting. Well, on, I'll on add on to that because when, when you see people that get maybe like a death sentence, like maybe they have cancer or something like that, they start to live differently yeah. and they start to do things differently. They start to make sure they communicate to those around them, how much they love them. Um, and the thing is, like you said, we, we all have a death sentence and uh, we should live uh, like that. And honestly, I think that's what my dad's death did for me is it kind of put it into perspective that, and it made me realize, man, how short our time here on yeah. earth is, especially yeah. compared to eternity. Yeah. And so for the, that short time that I'm here on earth, man, I really want to live for uh, the things that truly matter and the things that matter to God. Yeah. My wife says it really well. She, she, you said she basically paints the picture like we're all in line for death. You know, we're all in that line and you just don't know when your number is going to get called. And uh, it could be 50 years from now. It could be 50 minutes from now, 50 days from now. But we're all in the same line and uh, it, your number will get called <laughs> sooner yep. or later, man. And that's a sobering, it's a sobering reality. I know that this, you know, that letter specifically uh, impacted you like, a ton and it's kind of changed the way that you talk to dads now and you encourage dads. Like, what do you, you've got a whole uh, challenge that you're giving to guys like, all right, man, th- here's my story and here's how it impacted my life. But here, here's how I think it could help you in your journey as a dad with your kids. Tell us about that. Yeah, Jared. Well, I'm on a, uh, a mission to help a million dads, um, communicate to their children exactly what their children need to hear the things we're talking about and the tool that we're choosing to use is a letter which makes perfect sense for me and my story um and i i really do believe that this is one of the best ways to communicate to someone it's it's so simple right it's so old school but when you receive a letter um from someone especially the what I do when I help dads write this letter. And, you know, we take about a month to uh, mm. write the letter. And when you hand a letter to your child that you've been working on for a month, even before they re- read the letter, because even before I read my letter from my dad, when my mom told me she's been working on this for a couple months, like that in itself, I right. felt loved. Like right. who, what type of father works on a letter for a month for their children? Yeah. Like, like a father who loves his children. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, we were more, I realized that it's not enough for me just to inspire dads to, to write a, write a letter. Like we would never get to a million dads just by me inspiring them because most of the dads I've met over the years, almost every dad agrees, Hey, this is a really good idea. And most of them don't actually do it. Yeah. Uh, and I get it because I'm there, you know, with my kids, like, when am I supposed to sit down and write a letter? Like, it's a really good idea, but it's kind of overwhelming. Like, what am I going to put in this letter? And then, uh, life happens. And so we created the Legacy Letter Challenge, which is uh, a four-week 
course. It's a four week group coaching where I, I basically walk dads through this letter. And each week we, we look at a different section of the letter. Um, and I help dads. What I say is, is you, every dad has a legacy letter written in their heart, but by going through this process that we're going to get that letter from your heart to your mind, to a piece of paper. Mm. So I help dads, um, write the letter that's already there. And I also help them think through the things that, their le- that their children absolutely need to hear from them. Mm. Um, you know, the three things that every kid needs, needs to hear that I, I love you, um, that I'm proud of you and I believe in you. One week we work on uh, regrets mm. and uh, apologies. Uh, I had one friend actually receive a letter from his dad a couple of years ago and his dad, it totally missed with this letter, like kudos to his dad for trying to write this letter, but because his apology was horrible, uh, <laughs> he had a lot of butts in there. And so it, like, it, it just didn't fly with yeah. my friend it, yeah. and it, um, my, my friend couldn't get past that, but man, we're, we help dads, uh, with adult children, uh, write letters and, uh, but also this past month, I helped a dad write a letter to his unborn son, wow. uh, which is pretty amazing. And, and the process, you know, at the end of it, you get this amazing letter that your children are going to cherish forever. And I, and, you know, I've never had a dad go through this who regretted it. Right. And he was like, everyone's like, man, this is amazing. I can't wait to give it to my children. But the process of writing the letter is pretty cool too, because it really, just going through this process helps you become a better dad and you start to live out the things that you wrote down on in, in this legacy letter. That makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I was at a camp one time this summer and, uh, one of the things that they had the guys do is for, it was for dads and one of the, they had them write like a letter to their kids. Uh, you know, they just spent like 20 minutes on it. And, uh, and so they wrote this letter and then they actually had you go out with your kids and read the letter to your to your kids. And, uh, dude, I sat there and I was like, I read my, my letter to my son and it was emotional. But then I was like looking around, everyone was spread out. All these guys, dads were spread out around the camp and I was watching and dude, I just, I lost it. I just started bawling (laughs) because I'm just like, I'm watching these dads read these letters to their kids. It's just so powerful, but you're right. Like it does feel overwhelming. Even when I wrote mine, like this is the world I live in, you know, I'm like trying to help dads and stuff. And even when I was writing, I was like, uh, I love you you're awesome. Stay with it. You know, I didn't know like, what to say, you know, it's like, well, I did, I got stuck and I'm a writer, you know? So I imagine, uh, that there's a lot of debts. You're like, I love this idea, but it feels overwhelming. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what to say. So I love that you're doing that, man. Um, for, for the guys who like, you know, I know you got like a whole program that you're doing, your guys can go through. If they're just like motivated, they're listening to this today and they're motivated to at least get started on something today. Like, what would you just suggest to that guy right now? Uh, well, you know, the sections that we have in the letter are the three things that every kid needs to hear. We also have the memories, like you want to put some memories into the letter uh, and some memory. You want to be selective in the memories that you put in there, the ones that are going to really serve your children well. Um, and then we also put in the kind of the rules to live by or the values or the advice so those are the sections that you want to think through. Um, but I would love to help any dad listening um, write their letter because number one, um, what I offer and what my service officers one we're we're actually going to finish the letter, uh, so the accountability. But then also uh, I will help you think through um, those things and you, you know make sure the the 
the good stuff is in the letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can, any dad can go to legacyletterchallenge.com. Uh, if you use the code dad tired, uh, you get 10% off. Uh, so we, we tried to make this, uh, challenge as affordable, uh, as we could so that any dad could do it. I love it, man. Well, dude, this was, uh, I, I, I so appreciate you coming on I imagine every time you share that story, even though I know you shared a lot, it's got to still prick nerves and emotions and, uh, you know, kind of to relive that. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. And I know it's going to be helpful to a lot of dads, but um, LegacyLetterChallenge.com. That's where guys can get connected with you. And um, yeah, man, I, I'm so grateful you took the time to be with us today. Appreciate you, Jared. Appreciate all, all that you're about. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed today's interview with Blake. He's actually going to be doing one of our live trainings that we do for the guys in the Family Leadership Program. Again, in that program, not only do you have daily things that you can work on that we provide for you, but we also do live monthly trainings. That's for life. That's included for life. And Blake is going to be leading one of those uh, in the coming months. So if you want to get involved in the Family Leadership Program, make sure to go to dadtire.com forward slash lead and you can jump into that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Love you.